0: We are uh, we're so excited to be able to worship with y'all today, um, and just so thankful for each one of you uh, in this room. I'm thankful for everybody that's joining us online. Uh, I'm excited for uh, what God's doing. I'm excited to be a part of that. I'm I'm excited that we get to to share in what He's doing. Isn't that awesome? If y'all would uh, stand as uh, we get started, I'm going to pray real quick. God, I thank you so much for this day. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity we have to come before you to worship you, Lord, to bring praise to your name. I thank you, Lord, that you are so much greater than anything that we might have walked in carrying, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for each of our lives, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that your will be done in this place this morning. It's in your name. I pray.
1: Yes,
2: Come on, give me praise this morning. Yes, God, we believe in you. Oh, Jesus.
0: I don't believe in fairy tales. I guess I'll outgrown. That doesn't mean I don't believe that there's something bigger than because 'Cause I've seen in a hospital room where the doctor said, on there's nothing more we can do." Well, it wasn't through. And I've never seen a particle.
2: Ты ж ты
3: day and forever. God, the rock upon which we can stand, the rock upon which we can lean into in the moments of uncertainty, in the moments, Lord God, when it feels like every wave is just crashing and rocking our worlds, Lord God. You're the rock that we can just kneel into. We I mean, thank you, God. This next song is a, uh, a song I I uh, I somewhat based this this premise or this premise, this series, uh, off of it's it's a song called "Gyra" put out by uh, Maverick City, and I, I've asked the uh, I've asked the worship team to play it for us this morning. When I was coming into this series, "You Are Enough," the idea was again just it's. It's the idea that I am enough because he is enough. But so many times, too often, we don't recognize or acknowledge or even see in our situation that he is enough. But that's who Jehovah Jireh is. That's one of the names of God, Jehovah Jireh. I, 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 don't, I don't like to jump into the into the, the Hebrew, into the Greek, but man, that's, that's one of these massively powerful names. It's everything. It's your situation. It's your right now. It's your tomorrow. He's enough. He's more than enough. I'm going to have them sing through this. And I encourage you, the first time, read the lyrics up there behind. But but by the time they make it to the chorus, I, I, I pray that your heart, is just open this morning to be able to say, God, thank you. Acknowledge that he is enough for you and your situation and your moment. Let's let them sing this.
2: I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up So there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Going through a storm, but I You are dying (laughs)
4: God, you are our provider. Everything that we need—not just financially, emotionally, physically, socially—God, spiritually—you are enough. You are our provider. You give us everything that we need. Worship, let our let our faith in this moment of worship move from just being something that we sing or think about. Let it be something that's more. Let our faith grow deeper and stronger, and let it have action behind it. Father, encourage us in our faith this morning. We love you. We worship you. We honor you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're more than enough. You're more than enough. Father, we just take a just take a moment, just a few more moments in prayer as part of our worship. Father, everything that comes to mind right now, we put you above it, before it. You're strong enough, you're great enough. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Let's just continue this moment of prayer for just a few more moments. If you want to pray under your breath to the person next to you, some family member or somebody that you're that's on your heart, just let's just take this moment. Pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. God is good. God is so, so good. Yeah, let's give him a a clap and a shout and tell the person next to you, he's enough. I don't know what you're facing, what you're going through or what you're feeling, but God is enough why don't you greet someone, say hello before you take your seat, be friendly, thank you Jesus, our ushers are going to come forward as we take some time here as part of our worship service to receive our tithes and our offerings. We say it often, but we can't say it enough. Thank you, all of you who give and contribute and do what God's laid on your heart to do uh, for the finances of this church. We appreciate you. Thank you so very, very much. We couldn't do what we're doing without you. We wouldn't have the nice comfy seats we have without you or the air conditioner either. So thank you so much. All the things that we're doing in the community and youth and all the good, awesome, godly things that are happening Are because of your of what you're not only your time that you give, but the money and the finances that you give. So thank you so much for being obedient to God and allowing that to be part of your worship. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. God, that you that when we give to you, God, that we can give in faith and that you bless it, and that you honor it, God. We give in obedience, we give in faith. We give out of generous hearts and cheerful hearts. We love you. Thank you, God. We want to support the mission and the vision of what you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, and amen, and amen. All right. If you're a guest with us, thank you for being here. I don't want you to feel obligated. As that bucket passes by, um, I know sometimes you feel a little like if you don't put anything in it when it passes, it's like, oh, I don't, I didn't put anything in. It. It's okay. <laughs> It'll be all right. Um, no problem. Don't feel, don't feel bad about that at all. If you're a guest with us, we love that you're here. Um, for those of you that do give and want to give, and you didn't have time to like get your stuff out, and you're like, oh, I want to give something, but it already passed, we do have online available as well. Um, speaking of our guests, if this is your first time, thank you for being here. The way that we know that you're here is we have a guest card in the back of your seat, or we have a digital option that you can fill out. Um, or if you checked your kids in this morning and filled out a card, we, we have your info already, so you don't need to, to do multiple, but we like to send you a note of thanks for coming. Um, and just kind of follow up with you, see if there's anything, that, any questions that you have, that sort of thing. And so um, thank you for being here. Thank you very, very much for coming. I know it can be a bit of a, uh, a circus getting up in the mornings, especially if you have young kids on a Sunday when it's a day off and you're running around and you got to get to somewhere on time and the kids are screaming. And anyway, thanks for putting up with all of that and coming if you're a guest with us or if you're a longtime member. We're just glad that you're here. Amen? And, man, once you look at somebody next to you, and say, hey, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I do want to welcome our online guests as well. We are also glad that you're with us, joining with us this morning. Um, we have a few announcements before Pastor Corey comes up. I can't remember if the announcements talk about uh, the Start Here class that happens next week. So, if you're a guest, your next step would be if you want to find out more about the church, uh, vision, mission, what we believe, that sort of thing, the Start Here class is for you. And that happens every second Sunday of the month. So if you can't make it this next week, don't worry, we'll have another one in November and December and January, February, March. You get it every second Sunday of the month. With that, we'll turn our attention to the screen and uh, see what else announcements we have. What's up, Sea of Paris? We are so excited that you have joined us today and we have just a few announcements for you first off. This Wednesday at 6.30, we have our Worship Wednesday. Please come and join us. It takes about an hour. It's an amazing night of worship, and we would love to see you there. The Sunday right after that, we have people honking at us. It's okay though. The Sunday right after that, we are having our Start Here class right before service. Uh, If you have any questions, if you're new here and you have questions, or if you've been here for a while and you have a few questions, Pastor G will be there right before service and he can answer any of those questions.
1: All right, our next announcement is Pumpkins in the Park. We are here at Bywaters Park currently. This is where we're having Pumpkins in the Park this year. We are so excited. It is going to be October 29th. It's a Saturday before Halloween, 6 to 8 p.m. We need volunteers. We need candy. We need you. We need you to invite people. We want this to be epic, epic for our community. So, more information, more details still coming, but just get that on your books. We are super, super excited about pumpkins in the park and how we can just impact our community this year. And our last announcement is CF Women are gonna be having a conference. It's gonna be Friday night, November 4th, and Saturday, November 5th. So, ladies, go get signed up. It's $30, and that includes refreshments both days and a meal on Saturday. So there's a table in the lobby you can get signed up. You can sign up online. You can sign up on our app. But we are super excited. If you haven't made it to one of our women's events, make sure you come to this one. It's going to be so cool. Millie Key, Tracy Daughtry, and um, Melissa Jones are all speaking. So get signed up, ladies. Don't miss it. November 4th and 5th. That's it. I think that's it. Pass Corey coming up. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys.
3: My gosh, it is really quiet yeah, it was all right all right uh man i uh we started off this series. you are enough uh two weeks ago this is week three um and it it was it was coming right end on the on the tail end of of believe and live if uh If you didn't get a chance to hear literally every message in that series, I I encourage you to go back. It's it's a study as we walked through each one of the the miracles that John talks about in his gospel. And and the very line from Jesus that, or excuse me, John says at the very end of his chapter, he's like, "I've, I've assembled all of these for the sole purpose Of you being able to, in recognizing these miracles of Jesus, that you would then believe that he's the son of God. And in believing that he is who he said he was, that you would have everlasting life. Not just ho-hum Eeyore Christianity, but true abundant life here and now. John says, this is how you do it, believe and live. And that's the message of the gospel. Every one of Jesus' miracles was to point us to a bigger miracle. It wasn't about turning water into wine, which is a great party trick, but nothing more. It was about so much more. It was about relationships. It was about lives that were going to be changed for eternity. It was believing and living. It's recognizing he is who he said he was. And then in turn, living every day as though he is who he said he is. The problem, the problem, the problem becomes... Our perception of who he is. Our perception of who he is. And and, and so from Believe and Live, we went into this You Are Enough series. The idea of recognizing it, no matter what your situation is, he is enough. And because, God, because you are enough, I, therefore, I am enough. Now, today, what I want to do is... Is uh, I want to look at an attribute of God that that is is probably the most widely believed, and yet is probably probably the most the most often most doubted attribute of God that attribute is is not so much that God is loving, but that God is a loving Father. It throws us. John, 1 John 3, verse 1 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Children of God. Children of God. So we have a father who loves us so much. The father's love. Those two words, loving father, it it, it immediately creates challenges for, for every single one of us. Because while... While we all, while we all have dads, some have good dads, some have bad dads. <laughs> some, some have dads that were never even present, never around, absent dads. In fact... Every year since 1995, I, I read a study that said every year since 1995, there's been a yearly average of 15 million children being brought up in a single mother home. And, and look, I'm, I'm not even getting into the politics. I've known some phenomenal single mothers who've, who've done like outstanding far better than I know some parents that have done. I'm not going there. What I'm saying is it's skewed. A lot of people's thought process on what a heavenly father is. Look, perhaps she had an absent dad. Perhaps she had no dad at all, um, and maybe even just thinking about your dad brings up pain and, and heartache. Or, or maybe, maybe, maybe you had a phenomenal dad. I'm talking like the, the kind of dad who went to every sporting event and, you know, took you fishing every weekend and, well, you know, it could not fail at anything. The truth is, regardless of how you grew up, we have to acknowledge that our experience with our, experience with our earthly fathers even even our earthly relationships they have a way of skewing our view of our heavenly father i had i had a great dad had a phenomenal father loved him he in my mind like he he was a behemoth of a man Statues should have been erected towards glenn bradley jones brad jones grandpa Brad and yet even as great as my dad was i i, I know some of his flaws i i mean he had flaws in his ways you and i each and every one of us we, we have flaws and in as much it creates a a barrier in how others then relate to god because when we tell them oh you got to love god that relationship is it's immediately already skewed he's your heavenly father and 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 then wait what We start believing things about God, good or bad, that just based off of the relationships that that we've walked through, that we've lived out. And each and every one of us, we, we we have a skewed view of the Father's love. Simply, simply because our Father's love, good or bad, because your Father's love, good, bad, present, absent, our Father's example of love was misguided. I'd, I'd love to believe that all three of my kids sitting in here this morning, they're perfect because they're mine. Mm. But I know that's not the case because I know I'm not perfect. As great a dad as I'd love to believe that I am, I, I, already, I already see my mistakes. And in the process of, of so many misguided earthly examples, somewhere along the way, each and every one of us will question the Father's love for us based upon our earthly father's examples, based upon our relational examples. So today, today what I want to do is, is I, I want to talk to anybody here who's ever questioned the love of God. Because I, I think if we're honest, if, if we were truly honest, there's not an individual here, even those here today who have an incredible amount of faith, like their faith isn't just a mustard seed. Like they're logging it around, they're holding on to it. Like they're they're obvious. Their prayers are getting answered. I can promise you. Even that person has had moments where they've questioned, can can God really love me? Does does God does he really love me? Why? How? All of the questions that run through our mind. So today, today if you've ever wondered, if you've ever doubted God's love for you, or better yet, better yet, if anybody here has ever desperately searched for approval, affirmation, acceptance, or perhaps you just needed to know that somebody loved you at some point in time along the way. I pray that you open up and hear this message because this is for you. Um, I want to look at Scripture today in Luke chapter 8 and uh, the story of two daughters. The story of two daughters. I want to pick up in in verse 40. It starts off, it says this, On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. A man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. Why? His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. Continues on, it says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everybody denied it, and Peter said, Master, this this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. So, So at this point, like, there's no more hiding. She's caught. Verse 47, it says this. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble, and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Then Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. A loving father. Loving father. Uh, breaking down this story... Initially, we have we have this this father, this man with this 12-year-old daughter. It's his only child. This is his girl. This is his love. This is his everything. And we can only imagine that he's going to do what any good dad would do. In fact, I, I, I would go so far as to say immediately, like, we can recognize this is a good dad. This dad did everything. Anything and everything to try and help his daughter. How do we know that? Well, just 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 from this story alone. In approaching Jesus, we got to remember this is this is a religious leader, a leader in the synagogue. It was very common for every single religious ruler every single religious ruler to hate Jesus. To say that is going against what we are trying to teach. Jesus himself said it. He said, look, I have not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. And that just, oh, it irked them. It made them mad. Everything Jesus said made them mad. So so here we have a religious leader, willing to publicly come out a- 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 and risk his job, risk, risk the, 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 uh, the talk, you know, the gossip of, of his own people, probably also the people that were around. So much talk. He was willing to risk it all. Why? The love of a child. This was his daughter. He was willing to risk his reputation. Uh, he, he's a good dad, and Jesus, Jesus agrees to go with them. I, I mean, we that's that's w- w- we assume because the very next line says that him and Jesus are just yeah uh, they're going along, they're 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 walking with them. I'll walk with you. I'll I'll go to your house, Jairus. Let's go. They're walking along, like. It took everything I can only imagine, everything for Jairus to have approached Jesus, and then Jesus stops. Jesus stops. (laughs) No, 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 God, you, um, we, I'm going to back up. Let me. Uh, Jesus, I said that she's dying, and whoop, we need to move now. I'm putting it all on the line. I'm trusting you. Uh, this is my daughter. Like, like, don't you, you can't fail me now. He stops. I, I made, I made a. I made a uh, stoppage mistake one time. It was during the birth, I believe, of my second child. Had some beautiful ice bottles that had been pre frozen. And there I am, being the husband that I am. She's retelling the story, but it's wrong. It might have been the third, I don't remember, second, third. I'm rubbing a back, and I've got ice in my hand. And the nurse walked in and asked a question. I don't remember the question, it was something, and it was something uh, about me being the dad, the father, and and I, I stopped what I was doing to answer the question. As you should, the nurse walked in. At that point in time, I was instructed I should not be stopping. There are times to know when to stop. There's times to know when not to stop. That was, that was one of those times I failed, I blew it, but, but here we are, we moved on, we've lasted. Uh. <laughs> um, this, was, this was a moment not to stop. This was a don't stop moment. This was a, what, <laughs> wait, no, what are you doing? I, I, can't, I can't imagine being Jairus. Now, now, look, in, in the moment, hindsight 2020, we know the end of the story. We're like, oh, it's okay, be patient. <laughs> no, this is my girl. This is my baby. You didn't, you didn't hear me. I said she's dying. We're not stopping. Why, why are we stopping? Let's go. Uh, in, in this moment, I can't even begin to imagine the thought process, the train wreck in his mind. At, at the very least, at the very least, he's disappointed with Jesus. If not, if not, completely disillusioned with him. But at a minimum, at a very minimum, disappointed. Why are you stopping? I, I think that that. In this moment, there's, we could draw the conclusion, the conclusion that, that Jairus' perception of Jesus has been changed. And what happens is this to a lot of us. There's situations that we deal with on a regular basis. There's, there's things that we go through in life that, that cause our perceptions of Jesus to, to be altered, to shift, to change. A mom or dad could flippantly, inadvertently say something, but, but in saying that thing now, now every... Every time as you've grown up, that's all you think about, that that nagging one little line about you that just hits every time you try something new. It it could, it could be a number of things. I mean, it, there, there's so many ways that, that we just kind of lose sight of who he is. Maybe you had a father who put in the hours. He was... He was working. and In his mind, he was was providing for the family. You were going to get what he couldn't when he grew up. But to you, it was an absent dad, a dad who was never present. He was always working, always gone. Look, regardless, regardless, our earthly relationships impact the way we view our heavenly father. And immediately what we do is, is we come up with these misconceptions. We start believing lies about God. And, and even perpetuating them through religion, through church, pushing them on people. One of those lies that, 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 we, that we tend to grab on to, gravitate to is that God is judgmental. He judges you by your mistakes. He's, he's looking for the things that you do wrong. But the truth is scripture says God's compassionate. Yes, yes, he's a righteous judge, but he says, Psalms 103, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. He's a compassionate God, not some judgmental, demeaning, angry God. And that's, that's the second thing that we, we tend to grab a hold of. Well, God's angry. <laughs> he's, he's waiting for you to mess up. And that's the way we even evangelize. We look at people and and we tell them, do you not recognize your sin? You're going to hell if you don't straighten up right now. God's angry with you. He wants to kick you out because you're ugly. When Scripture tells us, Exodus 34, look, this is our, our passage, Exodus 34.10, but, but four verses before, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. He's patient. He's patient. And then the, the other thing that we tend to believe is that God is hateful. Angry, hateful, and judgmental. There's no way that God can love someone like me. There's no way that God could love someone like you. I've sinned too much, you've sinned too much, whatever it is, it's a lie. The truth is that God is full of love. Romans 5.8, but God showed his great love for us, for you and for me, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So God is a loving father. It it completely contradicts everything we know about a father. Even good, good or bad, he's so much more. And my hope, my prayer for today is that through this scripture that you would see that you would know God as, as a loving father, that you would be able to walk daily recognizing that you are enough because, because he's a loving father. Coming back to our story, looking at our two daughters, uh, again, you have this 12-year-old daughter. She's sick, she's dying. She has no control Over her situation she has no control over her situation and yet yet she has a father she has a dad who can go to Jesus on her behalf she can't go out to him she can't run to him there's nothing she can do but but she has somebody who loves her that much then Then you've got this woman who's been suffering for 12 years. Uh, A a little little bit of details on on this. Suffering with the issue of blood, hemorrhaging. Um, So, 12 years... And in Scripture says that, that she's exhausted her resources trying to find a cure, trying to find a fix. The reason would have been because her disease was considered ceremonial unclean. She would have been considered ceremonially unclean, yeah. Ceremonially unclean. I'm not going to try that again. All right, so what? Well, well no, that, that means that because she was unclean, she, she couldn't go and sacrifice at the altar. She couldn't go to the tabernacle. She could not go and simply repent for her sins. So it was believed immediately that, that she was unable to repent for her sins, and because unable to repent for her sins... Uh, Unable to ever go to heaven. So with that, because she was ceremonially unclean, if she touched anyone or anything, it too became unclean. So her life now is one of recognition, realizing anything she touches becomes unclean. She can no longer touch. The basic need for human touch is it's it's gone. You can no longer touch anyone or anything. No 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 more feeling the touch of another individual. No no more no more hugs to, to, to recognize closeness to feel heartbeat no no lip to lip there's there's no contact with anyone or anything. But twelve years 12 years would suggest that, she, well, obviously she's been dealing with this for, for such a long time, but, but let's assume that maybe she got this later in life, which means that she did get married off at some point. Her husband has shipped her out the house. It's terrible. If she was old enough to have been married, then she would have had to have left that husband, leaving the husband. He would have kicked her out. She would have gone back to her own family. So even if she was young and couldn't get married, or whether she was married and then had to walk out, her father would have had to look her in the eyes and tell her, You're not welcome here. You can't come in our house. You can't come in these doors. Had she been married and and gotten a divorce, they they would have required her to go back to either father or brother. And and even her own father would have looked her in the eyes and said, "Mm -mm." 12 years of being completely abandoned, completely ostracized from every aspect of society. Couldn't touch anything, let alone anyone. She doesn't have anyone to go to Jesus for her. Nobody loves her well enough. And both, both of these two need healing, otherwise they'll die. Both need healing, otherwise they'll die. The truth is no matter how you grew up no matter how you grew up each and every one of us have wounds that require healing and that healing that healing only comes when we experience the father's love coming back to our short uh, our story I want to show you real quick ways that that we experience the father's love Um, the first thing we can experience the Father's love as he walks with us. Whatever your situation, whether whether you're riding high on a mountaintop or trudging through valleys low, he walks with us. Whatever your situation, there's, there's something about having someone that's with you. There's something about having somebody that walks it out with you. Sadly, the truth is there's so many people today that are walking alone, walking by themselves, and that's miserable. I mean, it's it's miserable. When you think about walking through life, the the challenges that that each and every one of us face on a daily basis, much, much more so the challenges we face that all of a sudden get hurled at us from out of nowhere. I I can't imagine walking through those not having somebody to walk with you. Just finding out that someone you love is sick and not having somebody to lean on. It's being betrayed by somebody and then feeling alone in that pain. Or... Even if it's something good, it's it's a promotion that you don't have somebody to celebrate with, to jump up and down with, to hoo-ah-ah with you. Going through life alone, it, it it sucks, it's terrible. But Jesus knows this. Jesus knows this. So one of the ways that we get to experience the love of the Father. Is by recognizing that he walks with us. Jesus walked with Jairus, headed to his house to see his daughter. And the same Jesus walks with you. Deuteronomy 31, verse 8 says this The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Look, that right there, that's another example of believe and live. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. So don't be afraid, no matter your circumstance, no matter your situation. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That's what God does. That's who he is. And when Jesus walks with you, man, it changes everything. It truly changes everything. There's something special about walking through life with someone who loves you. There's something truly special about walking through life with someone who loves you. It makes all the difference in the world. Life is better when you walk with somebody who loves you. And that is what God does. Jesus walks with us to show us his love. The second thing is is he he stops for us. Stops for us. Jesus stopped for the woman with the issue of blood. He stopped just for her. And, And so the same in our lives, Jesus will stop for you. Look, from the very beginning of creation all the way to today, Jesus stops for us. You feel unlovable. He stops for you. In the moment you feel unworthy, he stops for you. When you feel like you've failed beyond forgiveness he stops for you. When you feel unseen, he stops for you. When, when you feel unknown, he stops for you. When, when you feel overlooked, he stops for you. When you feel like nobody listens, he stops for you. He stops for you. And, and, and church, guys, if, if you'll just reach out, I'm telling you today, he'll stop for you. He's not going to leave you behind. He's stopping for you right here, right now, no, no matter what situation, whatever you're going through today, he's stopping for you. No matter how hard life has been, he's stopping for you. He walks with us. He, he stops for us. And then finally, three, he, he talks to us. He talks to us. I I want you to see this progression that that happens. Coming back to our first lady, lady with the issue of blood, she, it's the second lady, but we'll just edit that out of the video. I want you to see this. The the lady with the issue of the blood, she, she goes from, Being ceremonial, yep, she goes from being unclean to uh, uh, like completely ostracized, all of a sudden, shunned from community, shunned by her own family, and then reaches out to Jesus and is healed in an instant. Boom. Healed. And Jesus, in that moment, turns around, says, who touches me? Like I, I wonder, I wonder if she initially tried to hide that's that's what she's used to that's what she's been told she had to do she she shouldn't be in the crowd every everything she touched would now be unclean she she touched Jesus and if she admits to it, does she make him unclean? because that's who I am she's not supposed to be there and in that moment like best thing in her life has happened to her. I mean, she is healed, and yet I, I wonder if, if because of her garments still covered in stains, if she still has to, to wrap up and hide and pretend that, that it wasn't me. From the other religious crowd that was following Jesus. All these people that are so excited about Jesus and, and what he's doing for us, the common folk, and then what are they going to do when they see her? Is the church that was following him, are they going to ostracize her like they've done for the last 12 years? He looks at her and he calls her daughter. Jesus turns, she falls, she admits to her, her whole story and he calls her daughter. The only time in all of scripture that Jesus calls someone daughter. Daughter. She goes from being completely kicked out of her own family to being a daughter of the living God. (laughs) I mean, man, it makes robot sounds just happen in the air. (laughs) Right? I mean, it's... No, it's... uh, Like, seriously, for her, this moment was everything. So much more than even being healed, I can imagine. Because because while healing was what what she wanted, being loved was what she needed. When you recognize the lavish love that the Father has just for you, it takes every, every, every other label that has ever been slapped on you, put on you by everybody around you or even yourself, and it, it just... It destroys them, it obliterates them, it throws them to the wind because they can't stand when they're standing in the truth of who God says you are. That you are a child of the Almighty. That you're a son of God, that you're a daughter of the Most High. Every single one of us are loved by a father that loves you much more than you can even begin to imagine. He walks with us, he stops for us. He talks to us. He's our loving father. As the band comes up and, and uh, I, I begin to close, I'm going to have them play on, on this last song, Jira. Um, and, and you may be asking okay, wait, 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 wait. Corey, you started the story and you didn't finish it. What about Jairus's daughter? I think a lot of times in life, one of the misconceptions that we all tend to believe is that when Jesus is working on somebody else's issue, somebody else's problem, then he can't be working on mine. He doesn't have time for mine. Mine's not as important. We see God working in somebody else's issues and and then we almost just feel even more left alone. But the Father's love is is bigger than that. Big enough to cover it all. So so again, coming back to Jairus, some men, as Jesus stops, some men approach in in jairus i I, he's walking with jesus jesus stops and and in his heart that sinking feeling of no 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 don't don't stop and then to look up and and to see people from his home coming this way he he knows he knows he knows he knows he knows don't 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 They come and they tell him it's too late. She's gone. She's passed away. And they further tell him, don't bother the teacher. Don't don't bother him anymore. All of that. Everything that the world is throwing at him in that moment screams the acknowledgement of everything that they are saying. He doesn't have time for you. Don't bother him. He's got more important things. He's working on somebody else's issue. And sorry, he would have if he could have, but he, but he stopped along the way for somebody else, not you. And you're just going to have to suck it up, buttercup. That's it. Live life. She's gone. Jesus hears this, and Scripture tells us, it says, Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just Believe and she will be healed. Don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. Jesus tells them, believe and live. Believe and live. Yeah, yeah but Jesus, come on, man. I, I, I just heard the news. I just heard the news that, that nobody wants to hear. But Jairus had every reason to doubt everything that Jesus was telling him in that moment. He was a religious leader who shouldn't have been approaching him in the first place. The man said he was going to do it, but then stopped and didn't. The proof is in your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher. Every reason to doubt. But he held on against public opinion, against everything against him, a religious leader following Jesus. And when they got to the house, Jesus grabs the little girl by the hand. Verse 54 says this, Jesus took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Man, don't you know, don't you know, yes, the little girl's life was changed, but Jairus' life, radically, that day radically changed. Here, here was a dad that was ready and willing to do anything to save his child. And on this day, on this day, he met the one, the only one who could do anything to save his child. He thought he was the dad. He experienced the father's love in a way that you and I have the opportunity to experience as well. You see, your situation may be dead. It may may appear as though it's hopeless and gone. Maybe it's a relationship you've been fighting for, an addiction you've been battling with, It could be be finances. You You may feel like Jesus has just stopped working in your situation. Jesus decided to focus on somebody else. But let me tell you, he can handle it. The Father's love, I'm telling you, he can handle it his love is big enough and and he's not done his love is big enough and this is so important this is so important because only, only, only when we receive only when we receive the father's love are we then actually able to give it away only when we receive when we recognize the father's love for us are we then able to give it away He walks with you. He he stops for you. He talks with you. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. That is what we are. I'm going to have the worship team sing a little bit more on this song for us. If you will, just bow your heads and let's listen to this as they sing. Father, we thank you so much for your love. The same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord God, you are our foundation. Even when it feels like we're alone, Lord God, even when it feels like there's nothing around for us, Lord God, we can rest in the knowledge, Lord Jesus, the strength that you are with us, that you're for us, that you walk with us, that you talk with us, Lord God, and that even in our moments of hurt, you'll stop for us but I pray right now for people across this room dealing with situations, circumstances, Lord God, that that have left them in places that that feel like abandonment. God, for those here today that may have even experienced that firsthand by by a father that never should have, by a relationship that never should have, God, I, I, I pray Lord, I pray, Father, that today that they would recognize your arms of love that wrap them up so much more so, so much tighter, Lord God, than than anything that this world can wrap them up in. Father, it's you and you alone. Look, if you're here today and you recognize there's been times where uh, maybe you doubted the love of God or you just felt alone and empty in the moment. Look, I'm telling you, he's here for you. He loves you more than you can even begin to imagine. His heart is always for you, not against you. He's he's not judgmental looking to send you off to hell as soon as he can. He's he's begging with you, pleading with you, choose this day, please choose life over death. It's the heart of a perfect father. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if if you haven't ever or, or you currently aren't, Feeling like you are in relationship with Him, man, I want to pray for you. It it really is just as simple as saying, "God, I need You." That's that really is it. That, that that's that's the prayer. God, I need You. I recognize that that You love me this much. I recognize that You sent Your Son solely for me. That when when I was sinning, when I when I was hurting, when I was when I didn't even care, You did. That's all it is. It's this acknowledgement. Wherever you are, whatever place you're at in life right now, if that's, if that's your cry, if that comes from your heart, man, I'd love to be able to pray with you. That simple prayer. Across the room, if there's anybody that I can pray with, if you'll just real quickly raise your hand, I'd love to be able to acknowledge you where you're at and just pray for you. Awesome. 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 Lord God, I thank you that you are our strength. That when we're weak, Lord God, that it's your power that we can lean into, Lord God. That when we're being tossed around by life itself, it's, it's you that we can kneel down into, Lord God, and know, know that this ain't moving. Father, I pray right now with those online, with those here who acknowledge just this moment of pain and hurt. Father, this morning we say, I need you. Church, real quickly with me, just say that. I need you, God. I need you, God. Come on, I need you, God. You are enough. You are enough. So I am enough. Come on, that's hard to say. God, you are enough, so I am enough. God, I thank you right now for your word, your truth, that we can, Lord Jesus, in confidence stand here, look to you, and say, God, you are enough, so I am enough. Father, your love is enough. Father, I thank you for your walk with people in this room. I thank you, Lord God, that as we acknowledge that you are enough, your word says you're faithful and you're just, Lord Jesus, to forgive, to wrap us up, to welcome us in, Lord God. And so I pray for those that have felt left alone, Lord God, that in this moment, they would recognize who you are, a loving Father, a God who cares, who's merciful, who's who's worthy of our trust and who loves us so much. And that, Lord God, That is enough. It's in the name of your son we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, lift up a shout of praise to the Lord God this morning. Amen, church. Come on, y'all have a very blessed week. Remember, 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 Worship Wednesday coming up. Y'all do not want to miss that. Worship Wednesday, guys. God bless you all. We will see you this Wednesday.